guys we are back and it's another week of pro wrestling and not just pro wrestling and you know usually we do the reviews but there's quite a bit of news leading into this week as well obviously this is a tuesday as i'm recording big news regarding wwe's uh, nxt brand on monday as well and uh, a lot of other news but let's just dive right into it man because this is going to be a little bit of news a little bit of raw review and a little bit of smackdown review but first let's dive into the news man it's been a while since we got some actual uh uh pretty pretty uh juicy uh you know news as far as wrestling is involved the past couple of weeks but let me get into it man um a lot of people have been knowing for quite some time especially since uh AEW had announced their uh new TV deal with TNT going to be coming to TV October 2nd. I will be there live in Washington DC for their live show as well. But um you know a lot of people were talking about also the possibility of this uh pretty much bringing on a new uh, quote unquote Monday Night War or I guess in this case a Wednesday Night War uh pertaining to the AEW product and a uh, WWE product. Now uh, a lot of people were were talking about this as a much more of a, a, a you know fantasy dream booking, but more of a possibility and, and, and reality because of the fact that it's been no secret WWE's been uh, through extensive discussions, and you know they finally signed off and officially had the. Uh, public announcement about uh, SmackDown, uh, the SmackDown brand being moved to uh, the Fox network. Um, with that announcement, a lot of people were also thinking that you know. NXT, uh, which was another rumored uh, brand from WWE that was also rumored to be, you know, making its uh, TV debut as it's uh, only, uh, you know, featured on the network right now. A lot of people were thinking it's a shoe in They're going to be, you know, hand in hand. I mean, I, even with Fox, a lot of the Fox representatives out of this meeting, out of this announcement uh, from that, the fact that SmackDown was going to be now moved to the Fox network, a lot of uh, representatives were telling upper other representatives and, and and sponsors that they're going to be the the premier wrestling company. They're going to be the premier uh, our channel, I should say. It's going to be featuring a lot more professional wrestling on their uh, on their network. Now it seems as if that's not the case, as WWE just made the announcement that NXT will be making its uh, t- TV debut on the USA network. Um, which again shocked a few people thinking that it was going to be you know hand in hand with SmackDown on the Fox Network as well. But um, obviously this is a, a, a divisive move. Um, this, this is this is a war ready move, right? I mean, I would have to think this is Vince thinking he has to gear up. He's thinking he's taking uh, all elite wrestling as an actual uh, credible threat now because now you know before they were just throwing shows, they were just selling out every show. Hello, but on top of that. Now they have a TV deal in place. Now there's a little bit more reality to the fact that there is a little bit of competition knocking at their door or at least moving into their neighborhood, you know what I mean? And, you know, I don't I don't uh, fault Vince for trying to make this move, but I do have several concerns, man, because some of the things that I felt like made this, uh, the, the brand, the NXT, the black and yellow brand, or the black and gold brand, as they like to say, I feel like the reason why this show stood out a lot from the main roster shows 
is because of the fact that it didn't have uh, Vince McMahon's fingerprints all over it. The fact that, I mean, honestly, all these uh, 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 changes that they're making to the format now, I feel like is what made them stand out. Only being one hour amongst many programming, uh, many many uh, 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 program shows that are, you know, at least two to three hours throughout the week on TV with, you know, Raw, with SmackDown Live, a, a few other shows that they have on the network as well. Um, I felt like the the hour slot really uh, suited them because of the fact that one of the things I've always um, praised NXT for is their ability to uh, effectively rotate in and rotate out talent in a way where it's not, uh, you know, it's not an oversaturation. You're getting a... A, a pretty uh, clean variety of uh, up-and-comers as well as people that have already been making their moves up the ladder. And, and I feel like they do a lot of good uh, work as far as continuity. And again, just, uh, you know, uh, rotating in the, the the talent they're focused on one week and then all of a sudden you may not see them the next week, but then you see someone that you forgot about or maybe was out of sight, out of mind. And then, oh, yeah, I forgot. Oh, oh, cool, this guy's on tonight. Or, and then all of a sudden, a couple weeks later, then you see the first guy. They, oh, man, I haven't seen him since, you know, three weeks ago when he did this with that person in, in this match and that happened, you know. So I feel like they do a really good job aside from the same people we see on a weekly basis from Raw, from SmackDown. So and I feel like that hour uh, time slot was very uh, complimentary of that because they knew they could only fit so much matchups, so many promos, so many uh, fresh faces uh, into that time slot as a whole. But now it seems like they're going to be moving from one hour to two hours. Not only that, you know, obviously there's been quite a few, uh, I mean, rumors, and we're going to get into that uh, in a little bit, but there's been quite a few rumors with the recent NXT tapings. And the only reason I bring that up is because we're so used to NXT doing just that, taping. They, they, they tape a lot of their shows in advance. Obviously, it helps them out and and uh, cheaper approach than going live with them, you know, every week on a Wednesday, which, I mean, essentially, they're going to be doing that now. But, um, you know, with the time being, I feel like, again, their advantage was they were able to film ahead of time, produce and release it and, you know, put any polish they want to put on it. Um, they were able, again, with that one hour mark, they were able to, you know, effectively be able to uh put more wrestling into the product and again more focus on the talent as opposed to all these other storylines or you know only having one soul uh soul focus or one soul spotlight on one person uh you know that focus being every week uh again back like how they do on smackdown and raw usually right um and then now that the third thing uh that you know essentially i would have to and this is not confirmed but i mean one could only assume right with NXT now making the move to being live, being two hours, being on the USA Network, a network that's obviously been the home to uh, Monday Night Raw for several years, and WWE just as a whole, um, even you know after they did the whole TNN thing and the Spike thing and all that, they they still were able to come back to USA no problem. Even SmackDown's on USA right now until they make the move to Fox. So a lot of people are already expecting that now that NXT, the uh, the Black and Gold Standard, will now be featured on uh, USA that there's a high chance that Vince McMahon will have way more fingerprints on this product, which, again, you can tell that he didn't have a whole lot of influence or any type of fingerprints on, uh, you know, NXT product now and even in the past, uh, which, again, I feel like you can tell due to the production, due to, again, the focus on the overall show and now, I mean, that's the only thing that worries me about this. I, you know, I, I, the two hours I think they can do, I mean, 
I don't think it's necessary, but then now it's two hours and it's live. So that's a little bit of a, a, a new concept for a lot of these guys that are so used to coming in and filming. Um, usually, they, you know, they film one shot in, but, you know, they still tape it. You know what I mean? They still have a, a an actual taping that they're doing. But now it's just live. And, again, I would have to think that Vince would be in Gorilla for this. So I don't know, man. I'm really hoping that that's not going to be the case. I'm hoping Triple H has a lot more uh, – uh, possession of the reins, so to speak, on this project. Because, I mean, look, at the end of the day, this is Triple H's thing. This is Triple H's, uh, uh, this is his pet project. And he's made it more than just a pet project. He's made it more than just a developmental uh, system. He's made it more than just a, a developmental uh, uh, promotion. They've actually been able to outstand um, a lot of the expectations. And NXT has, since then, stood as a, a, a viable third brand, aside from SmackDown and Raw for WWE. Um, the ticket sales do great. The 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 shows, the takeovers do exceptional. Sometimes better than the main roster shows, man. Because less is more. But uh, I I guess for me personally as a fan, I would look at this, you know, so differently if it was maybe uh, a case of Triple H stepping up and telling Vince, hey, we got to take this shit seriously. AEW's coming in Wednesdays. And obviously they picked Wednesdays because they know that are probably our best product we're putting out right now consistently uh, due to customer satisfaction, due to viewership, is going to be NXT. This is my deal. Let me run with this. Let me be the one to try to uh, uh, compete with AEW with my product. If it was something like that, I can get behind that. But it's, I don't know. And, and, and you know, for all I know, that could have been the general pitch. But now, again, you got the possibility of Mr. McMahon having a lot more uh, involvement with it, which is what I'm a little bit worried about uh, going forward for a few of these guys because he's proven he's can, you know, he can be out of touch on uh, a lot of different aspects when it comes to this. And I feel like NXT is just a, a brand new uh, demo, a brand new, uh, it's just fresh. It's, it's all fresh, man. And, you know, Eric Bischoff had a, uh, a quote before about the, you know, the quality of production for Raw and SmackDown. And that's the fact that, you know, it's too, it's too glossy. It's too perfect. Not enough grit. Uh, it used to be gritty back in the day. You know what I mean? Back back in the, it, 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 there was just a certain atmosphere you were able to paint and convey uh, with the production style and the way that they shot things and, and the fact that there was a real life competition based war going on outside those you know those four walls of television. You know, uh, I feel like NXT is that grit. I feel like that's that grittiness that they they've been able to. Um, and in a sense, because of that, I feel like that's why a lot of fans have been able to be attracted to the product of NXT and get behind it as as much as they have. I mean, you haven't seen people get behind, you know, the, uh, uh, the uh, you know, FCW, you know, back in the day when it was like that. I mean, there wasn't this big of a uh, support system for something like an NXT until now, which, again, you know, that makes it a reality as far as uh, I mean, if anyone I mean, I've gone, you know. Back and forth with quite a few people on this in the past as far as whether or not NXT is viewed as another promotion or it's just simply just a developmental. I mean, I think this is telling. I think, the, I mean, why would the hell would developmental get a TV deal, you know? So, um, and, you know, following that, you know, there was a lot of people obviously, again, thinking that this is going to lead into a Wednesday night war, so to speak. You know, we even had uh, Joey Janela actually just uh, uh, quite a, a few hours ago posted on his Instagram an old picture of uh, himself with uh, Matt Riddle. I believe it's at an Evolve show. And the caption says, um, a case of the Wednesdays. So, and if you guys caught that, you know, Joey Janela obviously being an uh, exclusive uh, performer for uh, All Elite Wrestling. Matt Riddle being an uh, exclusive performer for WWE under the NXT brand. And now, essentially, you know, they take a picture together and now they're going to be going head-to-head on Wednesday. So, 
Um, but also another notable name that actually commented on this uh, was uh, Chris Jericho. And uh, I, I got to bring this up because he had two separate uh, two separate uh, things to say about this, two, two different statements. The first, uh, you know, he was being interviewed. He said, uh, in uh, regards to uh, NXT making the move to a TV deal for USA, you know, he said... Uh, I think WWE is great, but there's too much WWE as it is. By adding another two hours, that really dilutes the product. It dilutes their mindset. It dilutes the focus. It's a reactionary move that's done by a guy who wants to start a war. We don't care if you want to start a war. That was never our intention. There's no war for us. We're just doing what we're doing. People don't like that, and they're reacting to it, and it just dilutes their own product. You remember in the 90s, Nitro would start at 7.57 and Raw would start at 8 o'clock. And the reason that we started early is because we wanted our pyro to be before theirs. Who gives a crap? What's the show like? Don't worry about what the other guys are doing. Worry about your own stuff. And then he goes on to also comment, I don't care about any other wrestling company in the world. I want everybody to do good, everyone to be the best that you can be, whether it's WWE, Ring of Honor, Impact Wrestling, New Japan, AAA, or friggin' George, George Swanson's show at the Armory on a Friday night. Do your thing, we don't care, and I think that's one of the things that makes us cool. It's a typical thing that more other people will do the more it makes us look revolutionary and cool, and we haven't even started yet. Just wait until we start. Interesting. And, and I totally, uh, I would have to agree on a lot of aspects of what he said. I mean, a lot of it I have actually just explained where I, I believe that they're just going to oversaturate. The two hours, I think, is not, it's unnecessary. Uh, but then he also had another statement via Twitter. And this is, uh, you know, sent out by the AEW and TNT account on Instagram where uh, he congratulated uh, NXT. He says, congrats to WWE at WWE NXT for making the big move to the USA Network. Runners always race faster when someone is right behind them. Going to be fun to see uh, which team the world decides to join. Hashtag Shoes Jericho uh, at AEW Wrestling and AEW on TNT. So uh, essentially, you know, at first he's saying that there, there's no competition. We're not even, you know, that's cool that that's what they're doing. I don't think it, you know, it's going to affect on what we're doing. But, you know, the fact that they're, it shows that they're, essentially making a i don't I wouldn't want to say a desperate move but it's a scramble it's just a, definitely a business move that they're putting their their foot forward to try to make a statement by putting nxt on wednesdays obviously it's already been on wednesdays so that's not the statement being made but the fact that they have so much confidence in it to go up against AEW, which will be on wednesdays on a a prime network like tnt obviously you know what i mean so um but again interesting to say that he went at first with the approach of the fact that hey they can do what they want but we're still going to do us and then he actually extended a congratulations and almost a little uh i want to say shade but a little bit of a challenge thrown down you know what i mean but that's what makes this whole thing fun everyone wants to pick one or the other everybody wants to make it a war i can't it doesn't have to be that you know what i mean um although uh media and a lot of uh marks and and uh wwe uh faithfuls would would you know obviously argue uh the uh contrary to that belief but i mean that that's just what it is man um moving on man again with, with the news uh I have to bring this up. Uh, I mentioned the NXT tapings earlier, and um, this is definitely worth talking about um, because obviously this is not possibilities. This is a reality. And again, we don't really do a whole lot of uh, spoilers here on the show. So um, if you guys do not want to hear this, warning. Enter at your own risk and skip about two to three minutes uh, forward and... You know, we'll get you right back on track. But uh, again, warning, 
cons- uh, consider this a spoiler alert. And again, if you don't want to hear this, skip ahead a few, few minutes. But uh, in the upcoming weeks, it, it's uh, showing that we got some pretty interesting angles going on for NXT. Essentially, we have a huge, huge uh, title change in the NXT Tag Team uh, Championships uh, regarding the Street Profits losing to the Undisputed Era. And, you know, if uh, I'm me, and I am me, I'd be really happy to hear this. And but and I am very happy to hear this, but seeing is believing. I want to watch it. I want to experience it. So, I mean, it looks like we're on, uh, I don't know, phase two of the, uh, you know, the golden prophecy laid down by uh, Adam Cole. Uh, but moving on also with the NXT tapings and more undisputed uh, era news, it also seems like there was a angle shot where, uh, and I was hoping this, that uh, Roderick Strong was not done with Velveteen Dream nor his North American Championship. And uh, uh, I don't know this, uh, all the specifics going into this, but there is a segment leading up in the next couple uh, weeks of uh, taping where uh, Roderick Strong uh, sets the couch that Velveteen is known to use on some of his promos, uh, sets it on fire. Um, uh, the reason why I wanted to talk about this is because I feel like we haven't had this in a while. Um, I don't think that there's ever been fire in uh, NXT period. Um, which why I like when you know they they'll take an old concept that hasn't been seen on this fresh TV and uh, on this fresh roster, this fresh production of WWE, and they'll they utilize it, but in the best way possible. You know, uh, it doesn't come off as cheesy. It doesn't come off as you know they're trying to protect it or make it less than the original concept was. Letting and say let's you know back in the Attitude Era or what have you. You know. Um, like the 24-7 championship, great concept, but we all know what it's really about. It's the hardcore championship. So some people are still unhappy about the fact that they haven't even made mention of that. But uh, that's just an example I'm plucking out of thin air right now. But uh, the fire, man. I mean, I can't think of a last time. I, mean, I think maybe Randy Orton. Yeah, when Randy Orton set uh, ablaze the uh, you know the, the Wyatt compound um, when he was uh, in a feud with Bray Wyatt. Um, another one that comes to mind is uh, Kane setting on fire the the coffin with the Undertaker inside of it. Um, I, I, I mean, again, I can't think of a whole lot of times where they were able to utilize fire uh, in, in a way like this. So I'm excited to see how this comes off on TV. Again, first time I believe that they're using any type of fire or any type of effect like this on NXT programming. And, um, and it involves two guys that I'm very much high on, and that's Roderick Strong and Velveteen Dream. So... Definitely looking forward to see how deep uh, that tension keeps uh, building within this uh, personal rivalry. Now, I have to admit it has to be personal at this point, right? But I guess that's why we have to tune in to find out. And uh, the last bit of a uh, couple things I have here on the NXT tapings uh, as far as news. seems like Shayna Baszler has a, uh, a new challenge uh, or a challenger in her midst. Um, Rhea Ripley from the NXT UK brand is uh, has been reported as stepping up to lay down a challenge for the the Queen of Spades, the uh, submission magician herself, the two-time NXT Women's uh, Champion, and uh, Shayna Baszler, which is definitely interesting. A bigger opponent, taller opponent, different opponent than we've seen uh, Shayna. I mean, she's kind of wrestled everyone, um, you know, with the exception of, like, the Aaliyahs and the Vanessa Bournes of the roster, which, I mean, they're not ready for a championship uh, match anyways. But... Interesting uh, this to report. I definitely am going to be keeping my eye on that because, uh, you know, I, I'm sad to say we're not too high on Mia Yim here. It's not it's nothing personal against her, but I definitely was wondering uh, post the, uh, you know, takeover Toronto where Shayna was going to be headed from here. Um, and last but not least, man, 
I can now confirm that uh, what I thought was a uh, farewell or a send-off for Johnny Gargano, Johnny Wrestling, Johnny Takeover, Johnny Two Out of Three Falls, as uh, everyone's been calling him lately, uh, he is staying in NXT. Um, he is still in NXT right now, and I don't know if that was a decision made because they know that NXT was going to be making a move with the TV, and they could obviously use a, a, a white, hot baby face like Johnny Gargano to help stir those, uh, uh, you know, steer, steer the views to go up as far as, you know, uh, heading forward as far as the, uh, the NXT product now being broadcasted on live TV. So, um, but yeah, I'm, again, I, I uh, apologize to those. I, I thought I knew what I was talking about. It happens to all of us in this industry. Uh, we did see a uh, quite an emotional, um, you know, uh, send-off or uh, what I thought was a send-off uh, after TakeOver uh, Toronto, but now we can report that uh, Johnny Gargano is in NXT and he's uh, here to stay for the time being, uh, at least going forward with the new TV deal as they are set to premiere on USA September 18th. So definitely keep a lookout on that. Um, other news, and this is just small, man. Um, Zachary Wentz of The Rascals, you may have uh, heard of him. He's with uh, Trey Miguel as well as Xavier, Desmond Xavier, uh, Impact Wrestling. And uh, I mean, he's, he's been everywhere. This guy's uh, one, uh, definitely a phenomenal talent. I have seen him here in SoCal, uh, seen quite a bit as well as a lot of other indie uh, promotions as well doing work. But um, he actually proposed to longtime girlfriend, Kimberly, and you may remember her as Abby Lath in NXT, uh, short-lived fame. But yeah, man, congratulations to them uh, going out for quite a bit. Zachary Wentz and Kimberly officially engaged. Congrats, you guys. Uh, Love and wrestling is always cool, man. Um, It always is, even if, uh, you know, they want to plaster the relationship as part of a storyline like uh becky lynch and seth rollins which uh i'm hoping is not the case here these guys can uh these two rather can uh you know have their happiness and peace and everybody can be happy for him so again congrats to zachary wentz and uh kimberly and uh last a little bit of news man and i gotta bring this up because everybody's already posting about it and everybody's already talking about it ronda rousey uh essentially had a little bit of an accident where she almost severed her finger uh, while on a set of filming for uh, Fox's 911, um, reported by TMZ, they said that, uh, quote, uh, Rousey was a little over exuberant uh, while slamming a door on her finger in the middle of filming a scene while in Mexico for the, the 911 show. Um, it is said that Rousey did not complain and stood in character the entire time up until the director said cut in which she was uh, made aware of the injury. Uh, and if you guys seen the seen the picture, it's freaking gnarly. It it literally looks like it's dangling from her hand. Um, Rousey was diagnosed with a broken finger, a severe break, and um, they it is said that the finger had to be repaired with bolts and screws. So um, it is as nasty as it looks, but you know, uh, definitely wishing Ronda Rousey. Uh, you know, some uh, some quick recovery. I don't know how the hell that's going to be a quick recovery with bolts and screws, but I'm hoping it's not going to affect uh, anything that she has to do um, outside of uh, whether it be wrestling or acting or just living everyday life, man. You know, nobody, I mean, I know we have our preferences about who's good, who's not, who we like and who we hate, but at the end of the day, we don't want anybody to be seriously injured. So definitely uh, thoughts go out to uh, Ronda Rousey and, then, uh, you know, recovery, hoping, hoping that... Uh, it takes an effect soon, man, sooner than later. I know she's a warrior as uh, she was already back to working in uh, San Diego the next day. So we'll have to see how that plays out, man, and whether or not that's going to uh, put an effect on her current sabbatical from WWE programming uh, pending, uh, you know, rumors that she wanted to start a family and uh, this, that, and the other. I'm not here to pry and, you know, uh, 
make up a narrative or whatever. But definitely, you know, shots go out to Ronda Rousey. Uh, but now let's get into Monday Night Raw. Um, where to start? First of all, um, I think I want to give a tip of the hat to Dolph Ziggler, man. Um, they started the night out with uh, him coming down, uh, following some online squirmish that he had with, uh, you know, Roman Reigns. Uh, Roman Reigns told him if he showed up, he'd get hit in the mouth. Roman Reigns, and again, this has to be further uh, evidence that the wild card rule and the brand split is non-existent because of the fact that we had two SmackDown guys, Dolph Ziggler and uh, Roman Reigns, featured on the first match of Monday Night Raw. No mention of them being on the blue brand at all. But, you know, plenty of mention of the whatever social media, you know, argument they got in, which I, I don't know why they even play that in, into this. I mean, I get it. it. It leads to a reason why they're even facing off to begin with. But uh, they had a pretty good match. It was actually almost like a, what, a 20-minute match? Uh, you know, take out all the uh, the commercial and stuff like that. So they started the night out pretty good. Uh, one thing worth noting was the fact that Jerry DeKing Lawler uh, was on the commentary team. Or I should say was on the commentary team, but he was there filling in for uh, Corey Graves, who was on vacation. Um, but that was short-lived, as uh, we did get an announcement of the King's Court segment again making another appearance. Uh, I mean, if they're going to continue doing these, that's fine. But I, like I said, it was kind of weird a couple weeks ago uh, when they were doing this for the SummerSlam build by having Trish Stratus come out and, you know, on a TV show that segment or TV show segment that hasn't been around in so long. But uh, essentially, you know, we got another one or we were supposed to get another one scheduled where he was going to uh, interview Sasha Banks and ask her all the hard questions. But of course that did not happen as the fiend is back on the scene. We had once gotten uh, reports earlier, uh, probably about a week or so after um, SummerSlam that WWE were concerned about uh, the level of basically the overall character of the fiend they wondered if it was too scary obviously because they're still trying to um adhere to different sponsors that are family friendly and stuff like that um there was also concerns of people that were taking umbrage with some of the the, the symbols or or uh some of the insignia that happened uh to be in use as part of uh, the fiend character with uh you know one one in particular was the hands clasped together as in prayer uh printed on uh, the Fiend's, um, uh, the front of his uh, shirt. Uh, a lot of people were taking umbrage with a lot of other stuff, but uh, because of these reports, a lot of people were, were saying that WWE was going to be uh, kind of scaling back or toning down this character of The Fiend, but that was not the case, as uh, we did get an appearance from The Fiend, Mandible Claw, and Jared King Lawler. Uh, I loved it. I definitely loved it, man. Um, it was just, uh, you know, I didn't know when the next time we were going to see him. Um, or even just the Firefly uh, Funhouse at all, um, you know, coming from uh, SummerSlam and, uh, you know, hearing other reports that they wanted to, you know, kind of not really restrain, but limit how they use uh, the Fiend character and make it more uh, of an event, uh, an exclusive thing that happens. So whenever he shows up, it is special, you know, um, but not to say this wasn't at all. I mean, a lot of people weren't expecting to see him, so I thought it was a very... Very nice surprise, um, and, you know, we got him, uh, <laughs> Manable Claw to, uh, to Jared King Lawler, which one thing I have to mention about Jared King Lawler, it, 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 I miss his commentary, right? And I loved uh, some of the spots he was hitting, his classic spots, like, ah! one, 
two, oh, he almost ran. You know, his overexcitement voice, you know what I mean? His, his high-pitched voice that he does during the, the Dolph Ziggler-Roman Reigns uh, match. But then he, I can't help but sit up here and shake my head in bad taste because you know it's coming straight from the headset, straight from Gorilla, and he makes that that uh, kind of ill time, or just inappropriate, you know, uh, uh, call during the, the Dolph ziggler Roman match about if you wondered if there's life after death, let uh, Dolph Ziggler, uh, you know, hit you about what about ten elbows? I, he'll let you know. And I'm like, oh come on, man! Like, I, I mean, I think everybody was thinking about what happened, seeing as that the fact that you were on commentary and Dolph was in the match, but it didn't need to be said. It didn't need to be addressed. The his near death experience does not need to be used for commentary. Um, that's just that again. That's that's just. My personal opinion, I mean, because that was a real event, that was a real life thing that a lot of people were worried about. Um, you know, the, the show went on that, that you know, back when that incident happened, but it was, you know, there was no no way of knowing how Jerry was going to be. He's fine now. I just didn't think it was uh, in good taste to bring that up, regardless if, uh, if it was the king himself that said it. But um, on the same vein... Of talking about people and my preference for, you know, I, I understand. Cheap Heat is Cheap Heat. Cheap Heat's been around for a long, long, long time, right? But I've never been a fan of using the family death as the means to gain that Cheap Heat. And when I bring that up, I'm talking about Sasha Banks. Um, you know, we made reference to the fact that Sasha Banks was going to appear on the King's Court. Um, that didn't happen, obviously, due to the attack of the fiend taking uh, Jerry the law, uh, the King Lawler, out of the equation entirely. They did pose uh, a sort of a quick interview with the boss uh, on WWE uh, Raw uh, later in the night, and you know it was it was all right, you know it was fine. Uh, I guess we're getting introduced to this uh, this heel character of Sasha because if you remember, she actually has never really turned full heel on the main roster. She's been heel plenty of times, I think most of her career, uh, when she was in NXT. But so this is kind of like the first glimpse of this new heel character of the boss. Blue hair, different gear, you know what I mean? And uh, obviously she was uh, trolling Michael Cole with, uh, you know, talking about how everybody was talking about her blue hair and how blue just fit. And it's like, no, that's not why everybody was talking about you last week. But later in the night, we did get a segment where Natalia was attempting to respond back, uh, you know, about Sasha Banks uh, regarding the uh, vicious attack she suffered last week when Sasha Banks returned to WWE TV, only to get attacked again. Sasha Banks took out uh, Natalia and uh, even targeted that injured arm. And this is the part where, uh, I mean, you know, long story into the short the short goal, right? I was not a fan. Again, cheap is cheap heat, but when you're saying things like, go to hell, Natty, and tell your father I said hi. The reason why I have a problem with this, man, is because it literally has just, just, like, on the cusp, like, maybe only a week away, just became officially one year since... Jim the Anvil Neidhart's unfortunate uh, uh, passing. The reason I know is because around this time last year, I was at Universal Studios specifically talking to Doc Lesnar on the phone regarding uh, the death of Jim the Anvil Neidhart as I was making my way through Q in the Men in Black ride. And now here we are again a year later, and instead of celebrating him, yeah, he's in the Hall of Fame, and I love it. I love he deserves it. But, I mean, come on, man. Um, enough's enough. 
Natalia's I mean I mean they were they were already doing this with the Riot Squad before it even you know what I mean before it's gotten this far so I mean again I'm just not a fan of seeing the cheap heat going after the, the family passing going after the family uh uh death um it's just just not my forte man it it just is not my forte but uh I will will let you guys know what is my forte and uh and that is the king of the ring I'm definitely one of the guys that is very excited to see the King of the Ring make its uh, return. I've been a a fan of the King of the Ring for a long time, but I stopped after, to be honest, when they brought it back last and they had, uh, I believe it was Wade Barrett win. I mean, look, I understand, you know, yeah, King of the Ring, yeah. Wear the, uh, wear the crown and, and, and wear the, the, the cape maybe one time. The day of, the crowning moment, yeah. But don't have this guy walking around with this cape and 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 this in this uh, uh, scepter and this freaking crown for the like why? It, it, he doesn't need. To, I mean, maybe the crown, cool crown, all right, whatever. But the whole, you know, the the whole dollar store Halloween uh, kit, you know, I, we don't need to see all that. You know what I mean? It's not like you know, because they had Wade Barrett carrying around this costume as if it was like the Money in the Bank briefcase, and it, and it wasn't. You know what I mean? We can just recognize you as the king of the ring because commentary does so. And I mean, you know, if it's, you know, just the, the crown, that's fine. I can, if we're going to, if we got to keep some old school aspect to this, then just the crown. But I'm hoping that whoever wins this is not going to be forced to wear this whole getup. But uh, now saying that there are quite a few great matchups going into uh, this king of the ring tournament. We had two last night. Um, it was, uh, I believe... Cesaro taking on Samoa Joe, which was a great match. I mean, as soon as I saw that they were going against each other, I honestly was torn because I've been wanting Samoa Joe to get a little bit more footing here in WWE, man. He he could very well be their next top heel if they allow him to be, but they, you know, they kind of just keep, you know, keep him in, in, a, in a certain box. And I don't know, man. But And then same thing with Cesaro, man. He wants so many things. Uh, uh, for Cesaro, so many more opportunities. He's a great talent, and not and not a quote unquote good hand. He is an, a phenomenal talent. Speed, in ring, in ring style. Freaking, uh, he has more than one style wrestling wise. This guy is a beast. You know what I mean? Strength, conditioning. Uh, I mean, obviously not. Uh, you know, a huge abundance of charisma. Uh, but I mean, at the same time, you still want something good. For the king of swing and maybe possibly to be the king of the ring, but that was all for not. Samoa Joe uh, taps him out, but it wasn't a, you know it wasn't one of those quick matches. It was, it was a great back and forth match. I enjoyed watching this, and then we also had gotten uh, Cedric Alexander uh, challenging Sami Zayn uh, for another uh, match that was part of the Raw bracket for the King of the Ring tournament. Uh, and even then, I you know as soon as I saw Sami Zayn, I'm like, God oh, damn it, I know he's gonna lose. But can we at least make this a good win? And, you know, they, they were able to do that for me. You know what I mean? Um, though I'm not happy that they have Sammy continuously losing and uh, being kind of like, like the butt of every joke here. I, I mean, it's, it's weird. They had him come back with such moxie and, and uh, you know, the, just this controversial uh, – uh, uh, he was going to, you know, pretty much uh, call people on their, on, on their crap, you know? And it's like, why put so much into that and have him come off and, you know – it was good, and then just essentially, it's almost like the the Bray Wyatt treatment, man. Um, all this talk and 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 just nothing to to back it up with, you know. But um, I am definitely interested interested to see how the rest of this tournament shapes up, man. We have a uh, two of the SmackDown matches going on tonight. That'll be Elias versus Kevin Owens, and I believe Chad Gable versus Shelton Benjamin. Um, I'm not here to predict anything, but if I had 
to choose who I think the the final two should be. I had quite a few. Um, let, let me get into it, and and uh, you're gonna sense a theme here. But Ricochet versus Ali, I think would be fire. Uh, Ricochet versus Buddy Murphy, I believe, also would be just as fire. And um, at the same time, Ricochet versus someone like Andrade, I think would be very, very good as well. Um, another person that I can see uh, winning, which are uh, early favorites on the Raw side, um, a lot of people surprisingly are getting behind the formal constable, Baron Corbin. And uh, a lot of people are also hoping that this will be the crowning uh, moment and achievement for Drew McIntyre, which... I wouldn't be against that either. I mean, I just hope again because it'll be someone, someone of his stature. You know what I mean? Someone like I mean, you got guys like uh, I mean, just the whole UK period, right? They still have you know that whole system of kings, queens, and just the whole royalty thing, right? So I mean, you know, as long as they're not gonna you know freaking be cheesy with it like they did with. Wade Barrett, who, again, from the UK, I mean, his whole freaking song started off with uh, uh, God Save Our Queen, you know, so then they had him walking out like he was actual, like, you know, British royalty. I just hope it's not going to be the same for uh, someone like McIntyre, um, who needs to be taken seriously and not look like a joke, you know what I mean? But for someone like Baron Corbin, oh, man, if he's going to wear all this crap, it's going to be gold. It's going to make me hate him, which means he's great. Um, But (laughs) let's just hope that... Uh, it's not going to be Baron Corbin. I can't stand to hear him, uh, you know, <laughs> add that to the long list of former uh, accolades, uh, along with being the son of every city that he apparently appears in. But I will say the reason why I'm going for Ricochet is because I think it would be quite fitting for Ricochet to win the King of the Ring and be known as King Ricochet for about, what, six months, however long they're going to, you know, uh, acknowledge the the whole uh, you know accolade as a whole anyways but obviously king ricochet no stranger to ricochet i think it'd be awesome but moving on man and uh, i gotta move on to a controversial decision that was made as far as booking last night with raw and i, I don't know i don't know how i feel about it but i can tell you there's a lot of people that are a little <laughs> i don't want to say a little bit a lot of bit vocal about this um, and it's, uh, it's about uh, the club. Uh, we did have AJ Styles, uh, who last week laid down the monstrous challenge, pun intended, to the monster among men, Braun Strowman, for the United States Championship. They had their match, and it was a good match. Uh, it was definitely a good match. I love the way that the club were getting involved with the, way this, with the ways they were getting involved. And, you know, then you had Braun Strowman, essentially the bigger of all three men, you know, having to, f- you know, fight back all three and and you know just trying to more or less be able to walk away with that united states championship of course the end came when the club ended up uh you know coming in on the match beating up on Strowman, which uh at first looked like they were gonna deliver one hell of a magic killer which i was all for i wanted to see that uh but then we get seth rollins coming out who is essentially there to pay back the favor that Strowman uh, gave to him and Ricochet last week on Monday when the club was beating uh, up Seth and Ricochet. Braun Strowman came and made the save. Fast forward a week later, we got Seth Rollins. Mind you, let me let me, let me just, uh, you know, uh, another pun, tip the hat 
to Seth Rollins, who never lost his hat because he came out in street clothes, uh, had his hat backwards and was delivering some clotheslines, some kicks, some super kicks, and all the while kept his hat on. So uh, very impressive, sir. But um, this is the part that I, th- th- this is where a lot of people were getting a little bit, uh, a little angry about is because this led to a match later in the night, tag team championship match, Seth Rollins and Braun Strowman against the current or then current Raw tag team champions in, you know, the club, the OC, Gallows and Anderson. I don't know why they needed to do this. I, I have no idea why they felt like they needed to, to, to have this match. It would have been great if the match would have happened and they just would have retained or they would have just continuously beat him up after the, after the match. Or say they try to beat him up, match goes out the window, Braun and Seth Rollins, you know, walk out, you know, standing tall. And then, of course, there's still that little bit of tension regarding the Universal Championship, right? Standard, standard. But, no, they made the Universal Champion a three-time dual champion, for, and and that's where a lot of the complaint is coming from, man. Um, I, I don't again. It doesn't necessarily bother me the dual champ part. I just don't know why they decided to take the tag straps off of the OC when it seemed like they were building some momentum here with AJ winning the United States Championship and they were like looking really awesome as a unit with the gold, looking you know matching you know just the, the new shirts, the the red and black. It, it was looking good, and then now you know seemingly out of nowhere, booking decision to. Hey, let's just take the belts off of them and make uh, Seth and Braun the two guys that are essentially going to be beefing over the Universal Championship in a couple of weeks at Class of Champions, no doubt. Let's make them the tag champs. And it's like, we've seen this before. You know, Shawn Michaels and John Cena, you know, if you, go go back and check it out. We, we've seen this before. Tag team champions, are they going to be able to trust each other? Are they going to be able to coexist before the, the big uh, one-on-one blow-off match? they got to trust each other as a team to make sure they don't lose the titles. I don't know if we're going for that. And, and if they are, I don't know if I want to see it again. We've seen it before, you know? Um, but, you know, for those that don't believe me, dual champion, we had Seth Rollins as you know, uh, uh, WWE champion, United States champion. We had him also as Intercontinental champion and Raw Tag Team champions with Dean Ambrose when he was still around. And then uh, as of last night, uh, we do have the Universal champion doubling up as a Raw Tag Team champion again with Braun Strowman. Uh, again, I don't know what this does for the club, uh, the OC, I should say. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I, I mean, again, I don't see the logic behind it. I mean, again, if they're going to just keep pushing this, uh, yeah, we're a team, but I still, you know, that title still looks pretty. Because, you know, obviously they kept going to that dynamic. After the match, they kept raising hands together, but then you had Strowman kept you know, taking that, turning his head and taking a peek at that Universal uh, Championship, looking how beautiful it is, looking maybe, he's like, well, maybe it'd be better if those two were on my shoulders and not maybe uh, on, on Seth's shoulders. But I, I don't know, man. It's it's kind of hard to, to to debate this just because, I mean, again, I don't know, the, the, I, don't th- I don't entirely think, again, uh, that Seth necessarily needed to be a tag team champion. Um, I mean, I, Braun... You know, he's a two-time Raw Tag Team Champion, uh, him and Nicholas, <laughs> at WrestleMania last year in New Orleans. So, I, I don't, I mean, again, uh, maybe this will get taken seriously. But, again, I don't see this. This is his second title reign. I don't see this being taken seriously, you know, um, because, I, I don't know. It's just weird. It's just it's just really weird. Again, we're going to have to see how the dynamic between them plays up, uh, you know, come next week and leading all the way up to Class of Champions. But 
One more little bit of news before I uh, go and take a break, and then we're going to come back and cover uh, the SmackDown side of things, is there is quite a bit of news uh, regarding AJ Styles as... I guess, you know, obviously there was a quite a few rumors from a lot of people thinking that there would be a possible matchup between AJ Styles and Shawn Michaels. For those that may remember, there was, uh, you know, the, the Raw reunion show where the OC uh, pretty much fell victim to the, the numbers game as uh, Triple H, Shawn Michaels, X-Pac, Road Dogg, uh, Pretty much anybody that was in the clique, Scott Hall, Kevin, all these guys came down, uh, ran the OC out the ring. and But if a lot of people noticed, there was a lot of jaw jacking on the end of AJ Styles, and he kept talking and running his mouth to, to Shawn Michaels. And if, if, you know, he didn't have a microphone, but if, if uh, you go back and watch, the camera could pick up quite a bit of it. And he said something along the lines of, I know where you're at. You're down in NXT. I'll come down and see you. I don't worry. I know exactly where you're at. So a lot of people were planting these seeds that, oh, shit, we may potentially get, finally, as, you know, they, they teased it, I think it was Royal Rumble last year as a, a fan-made poster went out. AJ Styles versus Shawn Michaels. But, uh, unfortunately, I am here to disappoint, and I'm disappointed myself. Those are two guys that are in my top five. Um, it is being said, or I should say uh, reported by AJ Styles, who – uh, did an interview with Kathy Kelly on WWE Now. Um, you know, during the interview, they discussed uh, a possible matchup with Shawn Michaels, but AJ had uh, actually brought some news of his own and said that Shawn had turned him down. Uh, quoted, I asked Shawn about a match, and he said no. Well, that's on Shawn, guys. I can't do anything about that. I would love the opportunity to do that match, but I can't. So, I don't know. I mean, I guess maybe it's, it's, it's up to us. Maybe the power is in our hands. We got to bug the crap out of the heartbreak kid and let him know, no, man, you still have it, and you need to give it to AJ Styles. Trust me, this man will take care of you. Trust me, this man knows what he's doing in the ring. Trust me, this will be the better opportunity for you to go out with a bang. Look, I'm a Shawn Michaels fan. I never wanted him to come out of retirement, period. Was I excited he was going to come out and do the Saudi Arabia thing? Eh, Saudi Arabia, no. The fact that he was teaming with Triple H to go against Brothers of Destruction, it intrigued me. Why it never happened before, you know, but it did intrigue me. I was disappointed with the performance, not his, but the overall match. And, you know, so much has been done for Goldberg as of late to get people to remember him on, on a different note. I don't see why, Sean, you can take this opportunity in your own hands. And yes, I'm talking to you. Mr. Hickenbottom, I'm talking to you. Do what's right for the fans. They want to see you leave on top. They love what you're doing at NXT. They love it. They love what you just did with Dolph. But they want to see one last match. One last five-star match. One last performance by the heartbreak kid, Shawn Michaels, versus the phenomenal AJ Styles. Make it happen. WrestleMania. Let's do this. Brought to you by the Quincy Jones Show. Now, let us take a break. We'll be right back. We're going to get into all things SmackDown, man. Hey, what's going on, you guys? It's Quincy Jones Go from the Quincy Jones Show podcast. I just want to take a little bit of time out to shine some light on you guys. That's right, the fans, the listeners. 
The reason why we not only keep this show going on a weekly basis, but we try to keep it as entertaining as we can on a weekly basis. So again, wanted to reach out with a huge thank you from the KJS crew. Let you guys know that we not only appreciate your feedback, but we also appreciate the lovely support you've had for us the last couple of years. You've been rocking with us for a while, and I definitely want to extend the opportunity for you guys to give us your honest feedback. All you got to do is hit us up at the Quincy Jones Show at gmail.com. Maybe you have a suggestion for the show, a new segment maybe. Maybe you like the way we uh, delivered something. Maybe you thought we could address something a little bit better. Definitely hit us up, the Quincy Jones Show at gmail.com. Again, if you maybe you have a, a suggestion for a superstar we can get over for the How to Get Over segment. Or if you're a guest that is giving back to the wrestling culture right now would like to be on the show, hit us up, the Quincy Jones Show at gmail.com. Furthermore, if you're an uh, up-and-coming wrestler, maybe a, a, a former wrestler who's just been released, maybe you're an up-and-coming uh, a wrestling promotion opening up and you need us to come and commentate, you know we got that dope-ass commentary. Again, hit us up. The Quincy Jones Show at gmail.com. And I want to also urge you guys to not only uh, share and like and everything on SoundCloud and CastBox, but don't forget to review us on iTunes and don't forget to recommend us to your friends on Facebook. Again, appreciative of all the feedback and support. You have any questions, hit us up. The Quincy Jones Show at gmail.com. Go. Welcome to the Quincy Jones Show, featuring the best damn commentary team on the planet. Quincy Jones and Doc Lesnar. Is he the third man? He's the third man. What the hell is going on here? Hey, what's going on, you guys? We are back, and uh, I know we said we're going to get into the SmackDown side of things, but there are two uh, props I have to give, man, um, that I was not able to do before the break. And uh, it goes like this, man. Uh, I want to give mad props to Vic Joseph. Um, those may not be too familiar with the name as he does a lot of the commentary uh, for most of the shows that would be uh, on the network rather than uh, the you know actual network TV, which would be, I believe he uh, does the 205 Live brand, but I know he for sure uh, voices the uh, main event brand as well. Um, but yeah, I've actually had uh, my first experience with Vic Joseph was at a NXT Riverside or NXT Live in Riverside show here in uh, Riverside, California at the uh, Municipal Auditorium. And uh, he actually was uh, the guy that was getting the crowd warmed up, um, trying to get the crowd, you know, making sure that the energy was uh, was right uh, before the, the show started, as the show was going to start in between the matches for, any, you know, make sure there wasn't any dead spots. The excitement kept going. Um, and then it was crazy when we actually started seeing him actually doing some more commentary on TV or I should say on the network and stuff. So, yeah, man, big shout out to him. I mean, again, they had uh, they announced that Corey Graves was uh, on vacation on the beginning of uh, Monday Night Raw. Uh, again, they had Jerry Lawler uh, stepping in to be his replacement, and then after uh, the the attack by the Fiend, uh, we did get Vic Joseph uh, to come out and finish uh, the third man, uh, you know, duties as far as the three man booth is uh, involved. And to be honest, man, I mean, I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, he's better than Corey. A lot of people have a lot of different uh, subjective feelings and complaints about what Corey does, which I mean. I don't know. I always felt like, you know, if a wrestler can make you complain or in this case, it's a commentator, you know, if you if you can just hate a guy uh, just based on the character they play, then they're doing the job. You know what I mean? So it's kind of hard to hate him on that. Um, and at the same time, they're only saying what they're being told to say as well. I mean, and I, I know a lot of people have had some, uh, you know, some issues with a lot of the things that they have him and Renee get into. But, you know, that's just on air, you know, banter or, uh, you know, chemistry. Or in this case, their chemistry uh, made the blow up <laughs> and be flammable. But 
Uh, Vic Joseph did a really good job, man. Um, I have to say that he picked his spots well. I mean, to be honest, he was very complimentary uh, to the play-by-play being ran by Michael Cole and Renee Young. At least in my preference, I thought he did really well. There was one thing that that was like, uh, I want to say it was annoying, but it was something I kept noticing. But it was just the nature of how he had to call the match. There was uh, the Ricochet match. Uh, the tag match, he had Ricochet and The Miz going against Drew McIntyre and Baron Corbin. Um, it, it was just every time Ricochet was in the ring, it was Ricochet with a kick and Ricochet. And now here, Ricochet coming off the ropes. And Ricochet, hit, and it was like almost like every two or three seconds, it had to be identified as Ricochet, Ricochet, Ricochet. And, you know, and the reason I say it's the nature of the, you know, as far as like how you have to call the matches, most people have two names, Baron Corbin. They'll either call him Baron Corbin, they'll call him Baron, they'll use Corbin. Like, they'll, they can differentiate and make a variety of calls instead of saying Baron Corbin, Baron Corbin, but, but it's just Ricochet, you know? So that was the one thing I did notice. I don't know if that's something that they were having him do, but it was like almost, if you go back and watch that match, Vic Joseph was the majority of any time someone said the word Ricochet. Uh, but small detail, again, that's just something he can't even control, but no, uh, hats off to Vic Joseph, and another uh, huge props I have to give and show to the man, Becky Lynch, for uh, what I'd like to call the promo of the week, man, uh, let me just read a few uh, quotes here, and it's, this is, of course, her uh, responding to uh, the vicious attack with Cher from Sasha Banks uh, during Sasha Banks' return last Monday, so... Uh, th- this is this is a, a few uh, gems that I, I wrote down as far as quotables. She said that Sasha Banks is the greatest woman on the WWE roster to never be great. I put in more work into getting you into WWE than you did. And why is that? Why did it take me to unleash the real you? And then she goes on to say, the greats don't need to be goaded into greatness. They just seek it out and they crave it. I, I, I dug this, man. I, I mean, I know a lot of people have been saying that Becky Lynch, uh, more so the man character, has hit its plateau or that they think it's a little bit boring or, I mean, she she can't, you know, it's gone as far as it can go. I don't know, man. I've, I've had uh, different feelings. I mean, obviously, during the time they were pushing the whole relationship with her and Seth Rollins, I was thinking this is totally bad for her character. I don't know why they're doing this. And she even recently spoke out about it, saying that it was kind of, she didn't like it because of the fact that there are two individuals. One doesn't need the other necessarily but they kept making it seem like they were so you know intertwined i mean both of them are very capable of kicking ass on their own it just was going to be just a badass you know freaking duo you know what i mean so uh just a dynamic duo in that sense you know so but yeah man moving on we're gonna get into smackdown finally man because uh like i said i just i had to uh you know shine some light on that um again you know we did say that uh cory graves is on vacation so in this place on SmackDown, which was weird. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of used to, uh, and, and this is even going to sound weirder. I like Corey uh, and his commentary on SmackDown way more than I like Corey and his commentary on Raw. I know it sounds weird. It's the same character he plays. It's just, I don't know. It's something a little bit different. It's just something a little bit different. Um, I don't know if it's because the product is different between Raw and SmackDown. And I feel like it fits SmackDown a little bit more. Maybe it's because I know what it is. I can't. I can only stand to hear him going on like that for two hours as opposed to three. So that that's just what it is. But uh, shout out to David Atunga man because it's been a while since we've seen him on TV. TV. So essentially, he got a, a temporary 
uh, promotion from um, the kickoff show now to uh, being on USA, filling in for Corey Graves. But someone please tell him that Byron Saxon's name is not Brian. Now, moving on into SmackDown, man. Um, you know, we started the night off with a uh, incredible uh, King of the Ring qualifying match. It was Apollo Cruz versus Andrade uh, Almas, but this was was kind of weird about it. There's been this uh, pretty much um, this graphic that WWE's been uh, pushing around social media, pretty much uh, showcasing all of the uh, you know competitors that are going to be uh, you know looking to win the King of the Ring. All you know, all eight on the uh, Raw side, all eight on the SmackDown side. Again, I don't know why they're separating it because there's no brand exclusivity, and there's more on that later to prove my point, but. Uh, one thing that was interesting is every matchup that was going to be made on both sides, the, you know, you had the competitor, uh, that you had like the first four and then the bottom four. And if you notice, uh, whichever picture was underneath, uh, you know, the top, that's the person that they, that they faced. Uh, for example, you have, um, Samoa Joe that's underneath, uh, Cesaro, uh, Oh, I'm sorry, uh, Cesaro's underneath Samoa Joe. Obviously, they had a match on Monday. Uh, we even have uh, Cedric Alexander above Sami Zayn. Of course, they had a match on Monday. Uh, what's interesting here is, you know, on the SmackDown side, you know, where we did get Kevin Owens versus Elias later in the night, and more on that, you know, we see Kevin Owens is on top of Elias. Uh, but we also see that Ali's picture is the one on top of Andrade, while Apollo Crews' picture is on top of Buddy Murphy. Though Buddy Murphy did not have a King of the Ring qualifying match on Tuesday, it is interesting to see that they took Apollo Crews to uh, face Andrade as opposed to Ali, which I would assume means that Ali was going to be going against Buddy Murphy, which will be an it's going to be a great match anyways. I'm not complaining about that. It just was a weird little thing I noticed. And then of course they got Chad Gable and uh, Shel- Sheltie B uh, going to be combating next uh, Tuesday as well, but. Um, yeah, man, had a hell of a King of the Ring match. Uh, you know, this is another one of those matches where, uh, and I said it about maybe two weeks ago, maybe three weeks ago, uh, Apollo Crews had a really, really good match and uh, a really good uh, crowd reaction. And again, I have to bring attention to the commentary uh, that surrounded his match. Last time he had a, a really good match, I think it was against Andrade as well, the the commentary treated the match like it was a big deal. They treated it like it was, uh, you know, they called it as if it was a big deal. They called it as, as if it was one of uh, Apollo Cruz's biggest matches up to date. They were getting behind Apollo Cruz. It they made you sympathize with him and actually get get behind him. I felt like it was the same exact formula this time. He had another great match with Andrade Amas. Unfortunately, cannot uh, you know get the W. We had a uh, you know terrific uh, you know foul play coming in <laughs> with Zelina Vega pulling the uh, Apollo's leg. Uh, you know setting that up for the Hammerlock DDT one two three. Andrade Amos is uh, one step closer to representing SmackDown as far as the King of the Ring tournament. I honestly, on the SmackDown side, can see uh, it being, you know, coming down to him and either uh, Buddy Murphy. And I think I said this earlier, you know, in the broadcast. But, I, I mean, I think him versus Ali in the finals would be major as well. So, you know, we'll have to see how that all plays out uh, going forward with the King of the Ring. Um, but, uh, one thing that is, uh, I got to bring this up, man. And I said it earlier about the brand exclusivity. I even said it, uh, you know, when we were covering raw, you know, this is another indication of, you know, the fact that the brand split has to be over. Um, besides the fact that they don't even make reference to the brand split, 
uh, or to the wild card rule, you know, with the exception of this fact that, you know, again, we have eight guys on SmackDown, eight guys on Raw, even though, you know, these guys are running on each other's shows all the time. I mean, we haven't seen a whole lot of, uh, you know, verbiage that are, uh, you know, more or less still letting us know that this is a concept that's still uh, going on in WWE. I, I, it's dead. I, I have to see, say that it's dead, and this is the reason why. Uh, we not only had the Revival, which is a Raw tag team, uh, on Monday night, but they, they took on uh, the New Day, the SmackDown Tag Team Champions. Why they would take on the SmackDown Tag Team Champions on Monday Night Raw, I have no idea. But even moving further to, uh, you know, more evidence of this, Miz TV, again, the Miz, a Raw talent, Miz TV, a Raw segment, and I know this isn't the first time that Miz TV's made an appearance on SmackDown, but again, Miz TV's featured on SmackDown. And um, coming from that, you know, as I go into my next point, he had Sami Zayn as a guest. And, you know, it kind of made me curious because he did just take the loss on Monday to see what was going on. Maybe this was going to further his new direction or wherever direction they have him spinning in nowadays because, I mean, it's pretty much loserville as they keep racking up the L's, man. Um, Sammy, hold your head, my dude. I mean, this is it's ridiculous. Uh, but I guess going forward, and this is really interesting. Again, this this points to the direction they're gonna have him spinning in or going forward. Uh, you know, in in uh, as far as storylines go, but Sammy Zayn looks to be uh, Shinsuke Nakamura's new mouthpiece, the Intercontinental Champion. Um, one could assume that Shin will be the one that will write the checks that Sammy's mouth won't be able to cash, so to speak. So uh, we did get a segment uh, where Miz was trying to talk to Shinsuke, uh, asking you're really going to have Sammy speak for you. He wasn't listening. He got pretty much paid for it. Got a Kinshasa for his troubles. And again, this is interesting. I don't know if I would necessarily want to see uh, Shin uh, in, in a feud with Miz. Um, I think I've seen enough of Miz on SmackDown. I, I kind of want to see how he flourishes on Raw. Uh, to be honest, in, in the uh, whether it's the Universal Championship range, I mean, look, the guy's well-decorated. I mean, for you guys to tell me he doesn't deserve it by now, I mean, you guys are ridiculous. I mean, if, if it's him versus a guy like Brock Lesnar, oh, yeah, that's. I mean, we kind of know how that's going to go. But, I mean, you got guys like Seth Rollins holding on to the title now. It's, it's back to being uh, – it's no longer a big man's title. You know what I mean? So it's possible. You know, and, and to be honest, I've been wanting to see Miz making his way back up to the promised land for a while. I mean, ever since he won the WWE Championship at WrestleMania, I don't think you guys have heard him ever tell that story against John Cena. He beat him. I don't know if you heard. But, uh, you know, it's it's a new uh, – it's a brand-new belt. It's a new division, and it's a brand-new landscape and atmosphere. So I think it would be cool. I mean, back then he was very young. I mean, I think – imagine – the Miz now being, you know, a world champion or universal champion. But anyways, I digress, man. So we get more into uh, SmackDown. And, you know, one thing I did want to comment on, which I'm loving. I mean, that, that's one thing I have to say that I love about the fact that this brand exclusivity is like, you know, virtually invisible. Is this new current uh, partnership with uh, The Revival and Randy Orton. Um, they did a, a, a ridiculous uh, double team uh, Dudley Duff drop with randy on monday uh did the double flapjack into the rko which was amazing great pop from the crowd uh also you know it, it's just you know it's worth noting i mean um even you know they teamed on monday but then even on, on you know uh on tuesday for smackdown uh randy's out in the ring performing a promo 
on uh, Kofi Kingston, obviously his business is not yet finished with the WWE Champion as he feels that Kofi Kingston ran away from their fight at SummerSlam in front of his uh, wife and kids, you know. And the reason he uh, gives is because that uh, Kofi Kingston is stupid <laughs> as uh, he continuously uh, uses the stupid word uh, in his promo. We then get a uh, uncharacteristic but totally see-through uh, run in from behind from Kofi Kingston, Trouble in Paradise. It looks like he's gonna, you know, return the favor that uh, Orton paid to uh, Xavier Woods' ankle on Raw, or I should say, uh, Randy Orton in the revival. And uh, you see Kofi Kingston essentially trying to, uh, you know, do the same damage to Orton's leg, but. Again, you know, you see the re- revival coming back. Uh, they they came out for the save. Uh, didn't you know wasn't able to save themselves from a steel chair. But what I loved is the continuity. They still showed that they it wasn't a one time thing. And I'm honestly interested in this man. You got a, two guys who represent the old school uh, as far as tag team wrestling. You got you know freaking third generation superstar. If you you're gonna build a WWE superstar from the ground up, Randy Orton, yada yada yada, JBL, your your checks in the mail. But all I'm saying is you got a guy who represents, you know, history in the WWE with his father. With, I mean, with his grandfather. Like, it, it's I think it's a good fit. I mean, obviously, we've been pushing for the glorious revival. But, hey, maybe we can get Bobby Roode, uh, in, you know, added on as a you know, mid-card guy. That would be great. I wouldn't be mad at, you know, Randy Orton, Bobby Roode in the revival. That, hey, hey, get it done, writers. I know you're listening. <laughs> but, um. From there, we got the revival uh, taking on Heavy Machinery. Um, I'll just say this. It was great to see Heavy Machinery. I don't know where they've been the last couple uh, weeks. Uh, I haven't seen them too much on SmackDown. I think the uh, the last match they had, uh, I'm trying to think. It was, um, I can't remember. It was that triple threat tag match that they had with the New Day and Daniel Bryan and Eric Rowan. I can't remember the name of the pay-per-view, but they had a great match. Great showing. Um in this case, they did not <laughs> walk away at the win. The Revival doing what they do, and that's top guy stuff, and they walked away with the roll-up. Um, no, I'm, I, I, anytime the Revival can get a win, I'm with it. And because I know they're hills and they're uh, shitty hills, and they will do uh, shitty hill shit to get the W, it makes me love them even more. So you guys could be mad, uh, but, again, they're just doing their job, and they're great at it. Top guys doing top guy things. Now, uh, moving on, dude, this is another indication of no brand exclusivity. Again, you had another one of Raw's uh, uh, superstars, this time from the uh, their, their, their women's division. You had Nikki Cross and Alexa Bliss presenting another Raw TV show segment, A Moment with Bliss. Uh, again with a you know featuring a SmackDown star. So this and, and again this isn't the, the first time we've seen the you know the moment of bliss or you know last time I was talking about Miss TV being featured on both shows, but it is a little weird, right? Um, the other thing that's really weird is how they made it a point to say that both Charlotte and both Sammy both requested this time on you know both of their respective shows, and I don't understand why they didn't think that that was gonna you know come off as redundant. I mean. It, I don't know. It, it that's just me. You know what I mean. Uh, not a whole lot to say about the segment. I mean, Bailey versus Charlotte again. Yay! Uh, <laughs> I don't know, man. I mean, I'll say that Bailey. Uh, you know, looked good in the segment. I, I hate the way that they have her cut promos because it's, I mean, 
I mean, shout out to my man Simon Miller. If you guys uh, listened to the Flashback Friday episode a couple weeks ago, that's now how people talk. Um, but again, I guess we're going to seemingly get Charlotte back into uh, the top of the division. I mean, she's been absent for some time, so we only know it. We all knew it was only time until they, they had to get her back into the rotation. Um, I mean, not that she needs it, I guess. I mean, <laughs> she could be off for another couple of weeks uh, and, and maybe let some of the uh, the other women on the on the roster catch up or, uh, you know, get some points on the board uh, with all her accolades. But anyways, man, uh, also moving on, uh, we did have a few segments um, with Elias. And uh, one, this one I kind of enjoyed. It's, you know, Elias is the new 24-7 uh, champion. Um, he had a match on Monday with... The stipulation that, you know, the 24-7 rules would be suspended until after the match, yada, yada, yada. Uh, same for uh, this week, or, or I should say same for, uh, for SmackDown. As and it, uh, This is why I found it entertaining. He was walking around, he was tuning up his uh, his guitar, trying to get his stuff ready, and then he sees a guy that's supposed to be like a sound guy, but you can tell he's a plant. He just looks, you know, out of place, got a hoodie and a hat, back turned, and then he finally grabs him, and he looks, and, and it's, it's, it's referee John Cone. Uh, and in a hat and a hoodie, which is that, that to me was even just, just funny seeing that. And then, uh, you know, he, he, you know, unzips the hoodie, shows him he has a referee shirt and then Elias is pressing him like, where is he? Where, where, where's this guy? He's obviously here. He's trying to get down on the, on the 24 seven championship when, when I'm not looking, he points at, uh, one of like the equipment, uh, grates or boxes or whatever it is, opens it up. Drake Maverick pops out, Jack in a box style. And then he chokes him before handing him a piece of paper that was, again, notarized by Shane McMahon, the best in the world, and basically letting him know the same rules apply due to the fact that he had a a King of the Ring qualifying match that night against Kevin Owens. Shane McMahon pretty much, uh, you know, wrote him a sick pass from school and said, hey, uh, the 24-7 rules will be suspended because I am focused on this match tonight. Which, I don't know. I don't know where they're going with this. But, you know, as far as, you know, more stuff into Elias, because there was something I was going to touch on while I was, uh, you know, covering Raw, but I wanted to wait to SmackDown uh, came on before I even uh, formed an opinion on it. Um, on Monday, it seemed that, uh, and, and I thought for sure that it was maybe just part of the, the whole skit that they had Elias doing. You know, yeah, on Monday night, Elias was in the ring saying that his, this is going to be his final music performance in the ring um which you know and eventually led to our troop trying to get the upper hand on uh elias who dressed up as one of the the sound guys again but um a lot of people took this as a sign that uh part of his gimmick was going to be uh put away and uh, then that part of the gimmick being the whole shtick of uh elias you know uh pretty much playing his music uh you know which i always enjoyed i I mean when he actually got to play the music and he had to start talking about uh the cities i always thought that was hilarious um he hasn't been doing too much of that lately he's always just been getting interrupted more or less but yeah man um a lot of people were thinking that okay i guess this means that he's no longer going to be doing the performances i i i I didn't think so i thought maybe it was just something that they did for the 24 7 championship but alas man we get to uh, SmackDown, where he's coming out for his match against Kevin Owens, again, King of the Ring uh, implications. And if you notice, he actually has a new theme song and is making an entry. I mean, he's walking out with the with the, the guitar, but normally he 
would already be uh, out in the ring. The the lights would be already uh, cut low as they get back from uh, commercials. They set him up and you know hit him with the ladies and gentlemen Elias. But no, this was uh, brand new. He has a new theme song and he's actually coming out to the ring now. Um, there was something interesting throughout the night between Shemgman and Kevin Owens. Uh, quite a uh, a sympathetic side of Kevin Owens you haven't really seen in some time, but he was trying to, you know, uh, pull on the the, the sympathy strings of uh, Shane McMahon, father to father, about the $100,000. Again, I'm asking the $100,000 question. Why is it that Elias can touch an official, grab an official, pull an official out of the ring to, uh, you know, affect a, a, a pinfall? And not be charged. And I mean, I mean, you can't be telling me the only thing that keeps him, you know, in the clear on that situation is the fact that he was another official, you know, with the with the referee shirt on, even though you were an enforcer. I, I don't know, man. It's it's uh, yeah. To me, that's that 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 little bit of continuity. I'm I'm hoping they bring it up at some point, at least to bring it up, so I can shut up about it. But you know, we we did we had Kevin Owens and uh, Shane having quite a few different exchanges throughout the night. Uh, you know, Shane making sure Kevin Owens is uh, fully aware of the uh, severity of his actions, you know, as far as putting your hands on a WWE official, even though that official was Elias, uh, cough, cough. But, um, yeah, you know, it seemed like maybe there was going to be some sort of a resolution. Not me. I mean, I, I kind of, you know, you know, Shane's being Shane right now. So, uh, but they, they did a good job setting it up, making you think there could have been a potential, you know, little uh, silver lining there. But, Alas, here comes the match. Kevin Owens versus Elias. And then uh, out of nowhere, Shane McMahon's uh, music hits. And he's, you know, he's there ringside. It uh, looks like that Kevin is not too, uh, I mean, he's not too pleased, but he's not too bothered by him being out there either. He's trying to keep his cool. You know what I mean? He's trying to keep level-headed uh, because he knows they could uh, amount to more trouble for him financially, for him and his family. But then we got a, a segment where you see Shane getting involved by throwing, I believe he, he threw Elias uh, back in the ring. And Kevin was, you know, livid. Like, what are you doing? Why are you getting involved in my match? And then we see that uh, <laughs> Shane McMahon reveals that he has a referee shirt underneath his shirt that he's wearing. So uh, we have another one of these situations where where Shane is, is, is the referee. You see uh, Kevin Owens is incensed. He gets into the ring. And falls victim to a fast count by Elias and Shane McMahon. And, you know, I kind of had a feeling that uh, with the fact that he was facing Elias in his qualifying match for uh, the King of the Ring, that he wasn't going to lose and that Shane was going to get involved. I just didn't know how on point that my prediction was going to be. Um, but, yeah, seemingly I got to see where this goes. I mean, it's just going to be another match between Shane and uh, Kevin Owens. Uh, is this going to be uh, Kevin Owens and Elias, which I doubt you got Elias. That's going to be moving forward into the uh, King of the Ring tournament. But, you know, one can only think that maybe, you know, if Elias is going to be, uh, you know, in the match as a competitor and not as a uh, WWE official, then maybe Kevin Owens might be making an appearance to uh, pay back that receipt later down the line and hopefully screw him at the King of the Ring tournament. But we'll have to wait to see, man. We'll definitely... Have to uh, wait and see, but um, <sighs> here we go, man, because <laughs> I got to bring this up. Well, before I bring this part up, kudos, huge kudos to Buddy Murphy. Great and just an incredible match. He's been having, a you know, last week it was Roman Reigns. This week it's Daniel Bryan, but he actually got the win over Daniel Bryan. So um, 
it was a great match, man. Uh, and it showcased a lot of what Buddy Murphy can do. Again, the best kept secret, the secret is out. I mean, again, uh, had a bang-up match with Roman last week. Roman has since given, uh, given his public, uh, you know, co-sign of him, even though he still had his eyes, you know, fixated on him to make sure that he wasn't lying to him about the whole Eric Rowan thing. Or Eric Rowan lookalike in this case. But, uh, yeah, man, um, Buddy Murphy, Daniel Bryan had a great match. Uh, you got Eric Rowan taking out Buddy Murphy in the backstage area, uh, right after he gets the win and he's uh, essentially going to, you know, give us a post-match promo, but fast forward into the most, uh, the disappointment of the night. Everyone's thinking we're going to get someone real. Everyone's thinking we're going to get an actual person on the roster. And what I'm talking about is this uh, reveal that Daniel Bryan had set up a week in advance for Roman Reigns, saying that he had conducted his own investigation, they have their own footage, and he will bring him the culprit next week. This is next week. Last night was the night, but it was nobody. It was no one we've ever seen. It was a guy that looked like Eric Rowan, but it could have been Eric Rowan's like older brother. It looked like like Captain Spaulding. It, it, from from Devil's Rejects, like I, I don't understand, like I, I don't understand where they were going with this. Uh, I don't know if this is just mind games. They're trying to say, oh, it wasn't Rowan; it was a guy that looked like Rowan. I don't know, man. But you know, if it's me, if I had to pick someone, uh, you know, that that I think should be the guy. Again, you, you know, you're looking at a guy with a uh, red facial hair, kind of built, kind of tall. Sheamus, make it Sheamus. That's all I'm gonna say. Make it Sheamus. And I don't know if he's 100% cleared. I don't know if, you know, they, 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 I've seen pictures of him with a referee shirt on. Could be trolling. He's known to do that. But if it's my pick and he's cleared to go, I think Sheamus versus Roman Reigns will be good. Um, a lot of people aren't fans of Sheamus. But what a way to come back into the fold than trying to take out the big dog of SmackDown, Roman Reigns. So... But um, yeah, man. Uh, I mean, do you guys have? I mean, I, I love to hear your guys's uh, guesses for who is behind these attacks on Roman Reigns. If in fact it's not Daniel Bryan and Eric Rowan, and they're not doing this whole elaborate ruse and calling people cowardly liars, come on, man. Uh, <laughs> if you don't think, you know, if, if you don't believe it's actually them that are just pulling the strings and trying to, uh, you know, mess with Roman's head, I would love to hear who you guys think it is. You know, we had a, a litany of different names that we we threw down, but of course, you know, we, we even said Buddy Murphy, but didn't even know that Buddy Murphy would even eventually become involved into this storyline, which obviously, for those that read online, he wasn't scheduled originally. He actually was in a shot uh, that he wasn't supposed to be in. Quink, wink. I think he just made shit happen for himself, which is what it's all about, man. Shout out to Buddy Murphy again. Newfound focus on him right now. Well-deserved, man. I mean, they brought him to, to SmackDown, and they, even, you know, they haven't really done a whole lot um, outside of... Uh, you know, having him at the State of Union address, basically telling Kevin Owens to keep his name out of his mouth. You know what I mean? So uh, I don't know. But again, great match with uh, Roman Reigns. Great match with uh, Daniel Bryan this week. Um, as far as who it is, I, like I said, I think it may be Sheamus. I would love to hear you guys' suggestions. Um, but until next time, man, this was uh, the Quincy Jones Show, man, episode 65. A little bit of review for you guys and a little bit of news, of course, uh, cap it off as well. 
Um, make sure you guys uh, tune in to us everywhere. You guys like to listen to a podcast, man. Uh, we're on Spotify, iTunes. You can hit us up on SoundCloud as well as CastBox. Uh, feel free to follow us on all social medias. That's the Quincy Jones Show on Twitter, the Quincy Jones Show on Instagram, and backslash the Quincy Jones Show on Facebook. Review us, like us, uh, uh, recommend us. I mean, we'll greatly appreciate it. Don't, for, don't forget to uh, rate us on iTunes and subscribe to us on iTunes as well. And don't forget to check out the YouTube page. It's bit.ly backslash KJSTube. Check out all our newest videos. And if you guys are a promotion or maybe just an independent wrestler looking to get some video work done or maybe an interview or anything like that, always hit us up, the Quincy Jones Show at gmail.com. If you guys are a uh, promotion looking for commentary and you guys are digging what we do on the stick, man, definitely hit us up, the Quincy Jones Show at gmail.com. Also, stay tuned with the social media for sure because by this time next week, I will be in Chicago. We're going to be doing the whole damn thing. It's all out. I'm going to be at StarCast. Going to try to get some interviews, exclusive uh, video. It's going to be crazy, man. So make sure you follow us on social media again because by this time next week, Chi-Town, here we come, man. Uh, Shout out to Mark McFly, still on assignment. And definitely big shout out to Doc Lesnar, man. If you guys need some prime time hip-hop, wrestle, rap, music, do your due diligence, God damn it. Check out Doc Lesnar on all musical platforms, and that would be iHeartRadio, Spotify, Pandora, SoundCloud, uh, iTunes. I mean, anywhere you go to grab your music, check them out. I mean, you got that girl on a hook? You on IG Live trying to send her that DM, bruh? Trying, trying to update your IG story? Doc Lesnar, five-star bars. Look them up. Make that IG story a little bit spicy. Show her what you got. You know what I'm saying? Shout out to Doc Lesnar. Shout out to all our listeners, man. Appreciate you guys again. Episode 65. Top guy out. <laughs>